Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens before, during, and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock, and my co-host, Paige Gill. Today's guest is Sam Martin, a cervical cancer survivor who has been NED since November 2020. She chats with me about the importance of women's health, advocating for routine checkups, and so much more. Hello, Sam. Welcome to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you. Um, yeah, I'm so happy you reached out. We connected on Instagram, right? That was how we first connected. Yeah, 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 exactly. I reached out to you on Instagram. Love that. Um, always love connecting, of course, with other cancer survivors. So that's mm-hmm. great. And I'm so excited for you to share your story. You had cervical cancer, and you were di- or you've been free of disease since November 2020, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, and then when were you diagnosed? I guess start us from the beginning. When were you diagnosed and like how long was the whole process and all of that? Yeah. So, um, I was diagnosed in February, um, 2020. Um, and before then I was getting, uh, monitored with colposcopies, which is basically kind of like, a very intense um, pap exam kind of with a microscope. So um, I was getting monitored every six months with that. And then on my most recent, sorry. Sorry. Was that because a pap came back abnormal? Yeah. So I was, I was um, high risk. Um, Okay. So basically I'm just, through a routine colposcopy, they were always taking every six months, they were always taking um, biopsies anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just I didn't really think any of anything of it that they took like a biopsy of um, my cervix. And then a few weeks later, it came back that it was a uh, cervical cancer and it was stage uh, 1b2, which is pretty progressed. Usually it's caught. Mm-hmm at an earlier stage or a pre-cancer cell Um, and I was kind of surprised because I didn't have any symptoms at all yeah um that's great so you didn't feel anything no like I didn't feel anything different in my body um or or nothing like that like no abnormal bleeding but I guess it's because where the tumor grew on my cervix was in the back of my cervix so Mm it would have been easily irritated if it was like on the surface of my cervix, because then I would get a lot of the bleeding and stuff that comes with, um, you know, a sign of, of abnormal cells or cervical cancer. So, mm. yeah. So it was kind of, um, it was a little bit of like a, of a shock to me. Yeah. Um, so after uh, I was diagnosed, it's kind of like, okay, now what? Um, they right. put me through a leap or like a, it's also called a comb biopsy procedure or like a cold knife where they um, scrape out the cells. So basically they did that surgery first mm. to kind of see where, you know, how big the, the tumor was in addition to like MRIs and PET scans and stuff like that yeah. um, to see if they could, they could potentially get the whole tumor with that. Um, oh, okay. Because a lot of 
the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the time cervical cancer, you, you can get it all out with. Yeah, it depends like how big. Yeah, it depends where it grows and how big the tumor is. So they weren't able to get, the tumor was too big to get out with just that procedure. Mm. So then, which is obviously, you know, not what we hope for. So yeah. then I had to do something a little more drastic and I had to have a radical hysterectomy. Um, okay. I know some woman up for, I forget what it's called, but it's basically a, a surgery where they just take your cervix. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep everything out else like your uterus and like your lymph nodes but my scan showed that it had also traveled to uh, a couple of my lymph nodes as well Uh, but the weird thing about it was it traveled through the blood um, Mm -hmm. through my blood to get to the lymph nodes like none of the tissue in between my lymph nodes and my cervix were affected oh yeah so yeah and I only found um, I only found that out after (laughs) I got the hysterectomy. Um, so could they have, would there have been like a different solution since it didn't go through the tissue or? No, not really. I was already, like I said, I was already high risk when I was, yeah. well, I'm 20. I'm, when I was diagnosed, I was 26. So I'm 27 now. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 22, I had had precancerous cells. So it was kind of like, okay, well, this is almost like a second, you know, reoccurrence. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was kind of like, if I don't, there, if I don't get a hysterectomy, they don't, there could, they could have left additional cancer right. cells. And I'm grateful that I did because the additional cancer cells would have been in my lymph nodes and they would have just left it. Yeah. So how um, was that, the hysterectomy part of it too? Like, how was that for you when they told you that's, like yeah it was a lot I mean I was I don't know I don't really know how to how to describe it like I I was trying to find you know people that had been through hysterectomies of my age and it's it's mostly for endometriosis or or Mm -hmm. other issues that women go through or you know maybe when women are older and they're done having kids Mm -hmm. um but I don't have any kids yeah, I don't have any kids myself. So, you know, I kind of just want to opt for whatever was safe for me. And then what I think this probably the suckiest part about it was being in the hospital alone because it was during COVID. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't able to have any visitors when I woke oh, up. Oh, that's so but, hard. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so your family, no one could come in? No, nobody. Oh, that's so, so I, hard. I woke up and it was just FaceTime. Um, yeah. And also, I was just really pissed off because I wanted them to give me stronger drugs, and it, it <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't. So, well, I remember. <laughs> well, I remember waking up in the hospital, and 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 you know, beforehand they said, "Okay, we're gonna put you out. When you wake up, you're gonna feel no pain. We're gonna give you the room." Yada yada yada. I woke up, and I was in like excruciating pain. <gasps> oh, I'm like, God. um, you need to give me something stronger. And then yeah. they gave me something and it wasn't strong enough. And then they gave me another thing and it wasn't strong enough. Oh my God. And, then, <laughs> and then when they took me from um, the post, the, you know, the post-op room right. where you wake up and then you go to, you know, your own room where you stay there for a few days. Yeah. When they were transferring me to that room, 
this nurse had the audacity to say, oh, do you think you can scoot over a little and move? And I said, my work, I just have my insides ripped yeah, out of me. What? Like, I can't, I can't, Wait, where like, you? Where move. Where she asked me to move? Oh, my God. She, well, they were asking me to move from the bed that I was on from post-op into the oh. bed in the room. So they asked if I could, like, scooch over, kind of move my torso over a little You're bit. Like, scooch onto not. the other bed. And I'm like, uh. No, I cannot no. do that. I cannot scoot over okay, now. Let me. They said, "Okay, let let me grab another uh, nurse so we can lift you." I said, yes, please. <laughs> and then the next day, the next morning, I had to walk. They're like, "Okay, time to walk." I'm like, what the fuck? Wow! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm walking already. Okay, I wow. yeah. And I would do like okay. a grandma walk for yeah. for um. The next two days around the hospital, I would I would walk like a grandma with the nurse holding my hand. <laughs> How long did you have to stay in the hospital? So usually they say it's about three to four days. I was ready to go by the third. Like mm. I could have stayed another day, but I just really pushed myself because I really just wanted to get out of there. I was done. Yeah, I don't blame with you. Yeah. And, you know, watching all, waking up at like three o'clock in the morning and watching boring cable. So right so yeah that's so hard you didn't have anyone with you I can't imagine that yeah it was it was unfortunate um I kept annoying all my family and friends with the FaceTime calls because I just (laughs) FaceTime you should I didn't really have anything to talk about (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing with COVID (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah, but then after my hysterectomy, the uh, my oncologist told me that, you know, I had traveled to two of my lymph nodes so that we would need uh, to proceed with uh, radiation and chemo. So I had to heal okay. for six weeks mm-hmm. before I started uh, radiation and chemo, essentially. Okay. And then you mm-hmm. have to do those together simultaneously. Yeah, so they were together. So I would have radiation five days a week and chemo once a week. Oh, Wow. For yeah. How long did that go for? Um, six weeks. Okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. And yeah. were you? What were like? So do you have to have key or do you have to have radiation like on your? I mean, obviously, but was it just in that area? So it was from kind of I guess like the torso down, so the whole pelvic region. Okay. Um, I had external and and internal radiation. Um, okay, so and then I've sorry, inter- I was just gonna say, I've heard internal radiation is like brutal. What, yeah, what, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was rough. I don't know how like TMI you want to go, but like, basically, we want it all as much as you want to share, <laughs> but basically, yeah, they basically stick this like big ass wide ass dildo inside of you and then they (laughs) zap you like on the inside basically and you have to stay still in this certain position while while they're like zapping on the inside but the scariest the worst part about it I mean there's different types of internal so apparently I had the easy one oh um but the worst part about it is after the fact the radiologist said okay well you need to use this uh dilator a certain time of the week or else your vagina can close close <laughs> yes so like forever 
Yes. 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 What? Yes. So if you don't use, yeah, if you don't use the dilator or like if you have a partner and you don't have sex with them a certain amount of times, your like vagina will close up because of the radiation to it. Like as an initial reaction, it wants to, like the walls want to shrink. Right. So you have to like use something to kind of keep it open. So it doesn't Whoa. shrink. Isn't that terrifying? That's terrifying. Yeah, oh that God. was that's the worst part about it. <laughs> that's really scary. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Oh my God. Like, I'm just like in my mind. Like, how have they not figured out like a better way to do this somehow? Like, that I sounds know. so. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, like, invasive. Obviously, both like mentally and physically invasive, and just like yeah, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, so it's just like the uncomfortable of uncomfortableness of it all, and the yeah. internal radiation was the last part of my treatment. Okay. So it. it was kind of like the hardest and the last part. Yeah, to get over with. Um, kind of what also was hard too that I didn't mention was that I had to. So before I started chemo and radiation, mm-hmm. after my hysterectomy, my oncologist tried to get me to see a fertility specialist to make a decision if I wanted to freeze my eggs or not. Oh, um, yeah. I kept my eggs during my hysterectomy, but the reason why I had to decide if I wanted to or not was because there's a possible chance that during radiation, it can essentially fry your eggs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so did you freeze them or? No, no, I didn't. Just because it was too much pressure. For me, um, yeah, is there are foundations that help cover part of the cost, mm. but you know, not all of it. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's very is a huge, uh, huge thing, and then you have to pay to store them. And mm. you know, I'm, I, I wasn't at a point in my life where I was ready to make a decision like, oh, I'm ready to store yeah. my eggs because. I want to have kids in two years. I don't even know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just right. doing this thing, this thing called life by, uh, by the moment. But yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, that was that was difficult. You know, making that decision because I was really stuck on that whether or not, yeah, that's to really do it hard. or not. And you know, if I don't do it, then there's a chance that I could never have biological children. Yeah. So it was hard hey, to make is- that decision. This might be a really stupid question, but after hysterectomy, do you mm-hmm. have eggs or? Yeah, so they kept my okay. they kept my ovaries. Yeah. Okay. It depends, okay. though. There's there are hysterectomies that take everything, okay, including the eggs. But because of my age, my doctor wanted to save them. Okay. So Got what it. she did was she, like, took everything, but she pushed my ovaries up. Oh, okay. Um, a little bit so that if after if I needed radiation, which I did, um, mm-hmm. they would be a little bit further up um oh. kind of in my That's torso. Crazy. So yeah. yeah. So there'd be a lower chance of um Got the radiation kind of affecting them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah, I do feel like freezing your eggs and I know like so many people that you know have had like Hodgkins to freeze their mm-hmm. eggs before and I I can imagine that being just such a hard decision I didn't they didn't even like offer that to me so I didn't even have that mm. choice which is concerning to me now but whatever um 
but I just can't imagine like making that decision when you're also having to be like doing all these other like I feel like I would have felt a similar way yeah yeah it was it was really pressuring and I asked like my friends about it and there was friends that would say no and there was friends that would say yes and it was more just kind of like you know just focus on my health for now and not worry about what's in the future just take it one step at a time and you know I'm you know where I live like I don't even know if I want to stay here forever so yeah yeah, I don't want to like have my eggs tie me down. <laughs> right. That sounds so weird to say. That's how people feel about their kids. So it's kind of similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're so young. Like, who? Yeah. Knows, you know. Yeah. And then after chemo and radiation, I mean, that was like fairly recently that you were done. Yeah, I finished in like end of. July uh July mid-August I want to say okay um so after that I you know I was I was just obviously very weak all the time the Mm -hmm. nausea I was able to keep under control but the fatigue yeah was like crazy um and I had really really bad digestive issues thankfully I think that now they're back on track but I mean, it was, like, real talk, it was so bad that I would eat two goldfish crackers, because my appetite was zero. I would eat two goldfish crackers, and, like, I would sharp myself, like, two. Oh, my (laughs) God. Like, I would be in the bathroom for, like, two hours, like, almost. It's amazing how, like, almost all of my conversations with everyone somehow, like, brought up, because, like, it's such a thing. I had the opposite, like, problem where I couldn't go to the bathroom for, like, literally. Okay, I've heard that, too. Yeah. And I don't know which is worse, but, like, the grass is always greener. But, like, that sounds horrible. That <laughs> you must, like, run to the bathroom anytime you ingested anything. No, yeah. And then it kind of made it worse because they would say, okay, you Sam, you have to eat. I'm like, well, I try to yeah. eat, and then it goes through me literally right. within, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. So, but yeah, your body's yeah, not like taking yeah. in any of the food. <laughs> no, my appetite was bad. And then they told me to drink those Ensure. I don't know about you, but they told me to drink those Ensure drinks. I know they tell a lot of people to drink those. And it's like, yeah. Gross. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It kind of tastes like cereal milk, but it just, yeah. I didn't really have an appetite for it. Um, right. The best, one of my best memories, though, is like, one time I did have an appetite and then I made my friend go to the cafeteria in the hospital and get me a grilled cheese and I finished like the whole grilled cheese and that was probably one of the best moments one of my best <laughs> memories during treatment was that I, got, I, that that. I had like that I had an appetite to eat like a whole grilled cheese like, yeah oh my god what is this I'm eating that's amazing <laughs> uh, that's so funny um, Were you, did you have to be in the hospital a lot during treatment um not really. I mean, I was mostly just in the hospital for for treatment. You know, five days a week, my radiation only took 15 minutes. So yeah. I'd go in at 9 a.m. and I'd be done by 9.15, 9.30. And then I'd, right. that that would be it for the day. Um, yeah. For chemo days, yes, it, it was long. Um, yeah. I don't know if you ever experienced like a reaction during chemo, but one of my chemos, 
uh, my hands, the palms started to turn like white and splotchy. Oh. And then I just got freezing. I couldn't get warm. Um, oh, that's scary. Was that your first treatment? No, or? I think it was my third, my third oh, session, weird. my third or fourth. Um, yeah. And my mom was with me and, and then it started to happen. I was like, I, like my fingers felt like ice cold. They almost felt like I stuck my hand in the snow and I kept wow. it there. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. And it, it never happened to me after that. But How weird. I, yeah. Do they know like what it was? Like, is that a common thing? No, they, I, they didn't know what it was. Um, but also too with the type of drug that I got I think they lowered my dose after that because the type of drug that I got also it was common to um a side effect was ringing in the ears and hearing loss Um, so yeah so I started to get you know a couple treatments and some ringing in my ears um oh yeah and then I was freaking out like oh I don't want to have a hearing aid too right (laughs) they had to lower my dose (laughs) oh my god all the side effects from these drugs are crazy they're like never ending it's so insane did they have to like I feel like they do this with everyone but did they have to like read you the side effects of like every single one yeah they gave me like a huge stack like a hundred page stack of pamphlets yeah and books little you know folder books and everything Mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah it's so and then they told me I wasn't gonna lose my hair but I did they told you you weren't? Yeah, because the type of drug that I had doesn't typically cause hair loss. But oh, wow. It's, it's not a guarantee that it won't, but it's okay. common that it doesn't. So I talked to my nurse, because I got cisplatin, and I talked to my nurse oh. in my first chemo, and I said to her, this is when I still had my long hair, I said, um, have you ever had anybody, you know, have you ever treated anybody with cisplatin before? And she said, yes. And I said, do you see people lose their hair? And she said, some people do, some people don't, but usually they don't. But I did, but only in certain areas. So the top of my head was full, but the sides and the back is where I lost my hair, lost, like I shed a lot of hair. Yeah. Is it short now? So you cut it during it when it started yeah to fall I out. shaved it so when it started to fall out in like clumps um it was getting to the point where I would just have to put my hair in a side ponytail and wear a hat yeah and then um I was debating or not whether to shave it or not but then uh-huh. I thought to myself okay I'm gonna look like Angelica's doll from Red Rats <laughs> if I don't <laughs> shave this head because there's gonna be all these new hair peeking out and then the long pieces that's a good image (laughs) yeah so I'm like okay I have to shave I have to shave my head I guess um yeah so yeah I know I almost feel like too like the anxiety of it of waiting for it to fall out and like waiting if like is it all gonna fall out I feel like that's almost worse than just like I mean shaving it sucks but I feel like the anxiety is almost worse than just shaving it yeah, and every time I would lose, like, hair in the shower, I would come out, and I would show my boyfriend, oh, I would be like, look at yeah. this, look at this, and it was just, you know, it was more traumatic to, like, see it fall out and, like, run your fingers through your hair and, like, have the clumps Yeah. than I feel like shit, like, getting rid of all of it was. I actually right. felt really, like, really um 
almost relieved. relieved. Yeah. 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 I, that's kind um, of how I felt too. I did it. I just, yeah. I knew I was going to lose it. Like they told me after your second treatment, it's going to start falling out. Mm-hmm. And the next day, like the next day, it literally started falling out. And yeah, leading up to the shaving was so much worse, my anxiety, than just doing it all and getting it yeah. over with. I mean, I still like, you know, that's like one of the hardest parts or was for me. But mm-hmm. shaving it was, I think, better than just waiting, in my opinion. But yeah. 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 No, definitely. Um, and then I'm curious how, like, because you said you had a boyfriend during it like yeah how was that and you know like relationships wise and all that yeah um I'm super super thankful for him I mean especially when it got to the point about freezing the freezing my eggs trivial yeah I I obviously asked what he thought because we've been together for four years so um you know he's a big part of my life we live together yeah um and so I asked what he thought about it and he just basically said like that's not important or when I when it came to like my hysterectomy like I wouldn't be able to have like carry a child his response was that's just not important like your health is important which yeah was amazing to hear yeah Um, the best response for sure yeah so I was I was kind of taken back (laughs) yeah so um yeah, so he's been a great support system, and he was running the house and helping out a lot when I was, you know, just a couch potato. Yeah, for a few months, so basically so six great. months because it was my surgery, and then I had my treatment. So yeah, about six months I was yeah. a veteran. Yeah, that's um, amazing that you had such a good support system, especially during COVID and all that. Yeah, and my friends, I have a small close group of friends that were really helpful mm. as well. So good. It was good. Yeah. I um yeah. my mom came down. Well, my mom lives in a different place than where I live, so she came down and Okay. Um during for about a couple of weeks during my treatment, she helped me as well, would drive me and Oh good, okay. Stuff like that. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is amazing to see like just how everyone like rallies around that's pretty amazing yeah it was awesome and even um I'm so thankful you know that one of the companies that I work for mm-hmm. even reached out to me and like supported me as well which was oh, wow. incredible yeah you know not a lot of companies do that so that's incredible yeah because yeah. you work in the beauty industry right so what do you yeah yeah so what do you do what's um, what companies do you work for? Uh, I work for Briogeo Hair and Sunday oh, Riley oh. Sunday Riley Skincare. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Briogeo, is that how you say? I never knew. Yes, Briogeo. Briogeo. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, um, I was really thankful that I started with Briogeo after I finished my treatment, but while yeah. I was going through all my treatment um I was with Sunday Riley and oh my god what an amazing company to work for seriously and you know the CEO Sunday herself like she's just Mm -hmm. amazing and very supportive and reached out to me and everything wow yeah that's incredible yeah I have a big huge heart for them and 
Sunday and- Riley. I've never heard of that actually. Really? It's on yeah. Sephora and Ulta. Um, it's been Sephora for a while now. I gotta try it. It's skin. Maybe you saw, yeah, maybe if you saw um the packaging you would recognize it. Yeah, maybe. Oh, how cool. I love that. I love hearing when like companies are supportive and um it just makes such a big difference. Like mm-hmm. to not have that stress, like that work stress, you know? Yeah. No, everything. seriously. Yeah. Seriously. It was yeah, really, that's really it was nice. very helpful for sure. And do you do makeup? Because I like feel like you're Yes. Okay, because yeah. your makeup looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I do I do makeup like occasionally for weddings and, and stuff. Oh so cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And how have you been feeling like since everything is has ended kind of like the treatment and everything? Like how's your experience been? Uh interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, you know, it's it's really weird. It's hard to describe. Yeah. It's very hard to describe life after treatment and mm-hmm. after cancer. I mean, you know, your doctor talks about all the physical, but they don't really talk a lot about the mental. Um, physically, I feel like a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Really, like energy. My bones ache. Yeah, like I get out of bed in the morning, and I have to support myself to like get out of bed, like yeah. my my joints and stuff. And my body wasn't like that before. I, I think it's yeah. because of the radiation, like especially in my lower body, I mm. feel it. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's why. And then too, like I have this little area wherever I got my hysterectomy where the incision scar is mm-hmm. there's like this little pocket of fat I think that my mm-hmm. body like built up to kind of uh I don't know like as a resistance oh okay um almost to where I was healing so I never yeah. had that before so and I can't get rid of it so I'm like what the fuck oh this little <laughs> this little That's like so annoying pocket <sighs> and then yeah. course, like you know I lost it was it was kind of hard because I lost a lot of weight during my treatment but it wasn't where I wanted to like I lost oh. all of my thighs and my ass because of the yeah. radiation I'm like well that's not what I want to lose weight <laughs> yeah I lost like 25 pounds I'm like oh my god like wow. my ass yeah yeah wow um, oh and was that like was that scary or was it like okay like in terms of losing weight because I gained I actually gained a little bit of weight when I was going through it really okay um yeah I mean it was it was okay I mean I look at it now and I'm like I pretty much gained it back but I look at it now like why why did I have to lose weight there because it doesn't look the same anymore um that's kind of a piss off because I look like a completely different person or like I run into people that I ran into like pre-cancer and they don't even recognize me oh um, really yeah so, yeah well, I don't the know hair that's too. a win but yeah <laughs> like if you're just not yeah. feeling if you're not feeling social one day like you don't have to worry about yeah, I mean, people <laughs> recognizing you um the masks help with that too yeah and the masks too <laughs> yeah um 
But yeah, no, I mean, physically, that's, you know, just a, just a grandma on the daily. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, mentally, like, I'm pretty sure I have a little PTSD from it. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Just from treatment. Yeah. But I mean, the doctors don't really, the oncologists don't really talk about that. Um, I know they don't at all. And it's really mind blowing because literally every single person gets PTSD after. Yeah. And I called my, so I called uh, one of my oncologists. um, I called her office and I was like, um, hi, it was really hard for me because I didn't really know how to say I'm like, hi, um, I think I may be struggling with PTSD and uh, depression. Um, I don't really know how to say this, but what do I do? Like, where do I go? And then they said, oh, well, that's not something the office deals with. So here's a number to call. Oh, my gosh. Like, how do you not deal with it? It's like, it's so crazy. Yeah, it was, it was very awkward. Yeah. And I called the number and like the number was discontinued or something. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So how have you dealt with it? Have you been able to? You know, just, I mean, really by the daily, I just try to keep myself happy. It's probably not the healthiest, but Marshall's has been a good friend of mine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Home guys is dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) No, um, and I've just been kind of trying to keep, I guess, my mind busy, um, just focusing Mm -hmm. on my career and, yeah, um, work and you know trying to do find things that that make me happy normally um me being in the beauty world and like the makeup industry uh normally I'd be doing you know like my makeup like crazy looks and and it's different because it's weird because cancer almost kind of I guess took that away from me like it's really hard for me to find the inspiration now to do Mm. those sort of things Again, yeah. uh, I, I don't know why. I can't really describe it, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird, but I'm, you know, I'm just trying to take it, take it by the day and. Yeah, one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The mental struggle is way, I mean, just so hard. Like, yeah. And, like you said, no one talks about it or no, no doctors talk about it. Yeah. And once everything's done, it's like, supposed to be like oh amazing like you must have learned so much from this experience like what are you gonna do now and it's like yeah yeah, it's weird it's it's hard to continue like it's almost hard to continue you expect for life to just kind of you know it's almost you expect as if your life is going to be in a pause for a little bit and then almost like a restart totally um but it's not at all but you're just like you look different you feel different you act yeah. different. Like, everything is different, so you almost have to grow into a new version of yourself, which is really weird. It's true, 100%. Yeah, there's no, like, going back to normal, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know you're super passionate about, like, we talked a little bit about this before, like, the HPV vaccine and all of that. I'd love for you to, like, mm-hmm. talk about that and, you know, how people can be more aware of their health and all that. Yeah, well, it's everybody has a little bit of a different perspective on it um mm-hmm. depending on the doctors you go to or the I can't talk <laughs> uh, gynecologist, gynecologist mm-hmm. <laughs> you go to um I think that you should get a pap at least once a year 
some people will say if you've had a normal pap before that you should go every three years that's for me way 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 I agree I agree way too long um yeah I think you should go like the minute you become sexually active like whether it's 18 or or 17 or 25 or whenever or even before Mm -hmm. then um you should go and you know get checked so I mean at least once a year and then just doing research about the HPV vaccine can you get it um or even give it to people that have daughters um, or sons that are able to get it um in their teens Mm -hmm. that is you know ideally when they should get the vaccine Mm -hmm. And, you know, it covers most strains of cancer because there's different types of cancers that can come from HPV, Um, but it doesn't cover all of them. So at least, you know, if you get it, you're more um, inclined to be covered um, from the strains that, you know, are cancerous. But what I want people to know is that HPV is very, very common. Yeah. Very common. Um, I've had multiple women reach out to me and say, Oh, I'm on watch for HPV or I had HPV. It's just most people, their body fights it off. Um, yeah. which is it's completely super normal, super, yeah. super common. Like 90% of like everybody gets it yeah. in the world. Um, that's a statistic fact. So, you know, I just want people to, to like not be scared if they get a pap and they're like get HPV because most likely your body will fight it off. It's just, I happen to be unlucky that it didn't. <laughs> That's yeah. all. So uh, yeah. I don't want people to be scared if if they uh they have it or or they get it. Just you know, your body will fight it off, and just keep keep up with whatever your doctor recommends and listen yeah. to your body, and that's it. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. so important. Um, yeah, I think the path every year is like I don't know why all of a sudden now doctors are saying it's okay to come every three years it's like yeah I know I don't every year I know it's it's I don't like it and I just want to add to that by saying too that you know the um the pap exam like before I had cancer or cervical cancer I was very shy about like people like looking down there and you know I always like tuck my panties like underneath my Mm -hmm. pants yeah but trust me cervical cancer is way more invasive like basically yeah, everybody's, exactly. everybody's seen my vagina so yeah. everyone's seen everything everybody's seen everything and there's That's always like point. there's always the do- the oncologist to come in and they have like a student like a resident student or something and they're okay. like oh can they come in <laughs> yeah okay that's what I think Bethany said that on our episode yeah her. yeah like absolutely not I was like I mean yeah. you get to a point you get to a point where you're like yeah whatever sure. yeah I guess you don't care <laughs> sure come on in yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah no I think that's a really important message everyone go make an appointment with yeah. your if anything like during treatment it did kind of help to have a lot of people there because especially during my internal when Mm. I was a little scared like I asked the nurse I said can I hold your hand oh (laughs) Uh, uh. I don't blame you that's (laughs) pretty scary 
that's yeah. nice the nurses are always like or most of the time like angels yeah yeah no yeah. my uh my my chemo and my radiation nurses are amazing <laughs> yeah Oh, good. Um, yeah. Okay, and I like to ask two. Well, I like to ask two questions. If you can think of okay. The um, what is like the funniest time you pulled the cancer card? If you can think of one. Ooh. Um, I don't think I've done it yet, but I've thought of scenarios. Oh, girl, you got you got, you got to pull it. <laughs> I know, but I've thought of scenarios that um that I would have have to. To pull it before. Oh, okay. What are those? Um, so, but I wasn't there, but I wish I was there. So I had to work one day and my boyfriend went for breakfast with our dog to, our dog's in training to be a service dog. Mm-hmm. And um, he's an American bully. So like, he kind of looks like a pit bull. Okay. So then, um, so <laughs> he went for breakfast with the, with the dog, like with his little vest and everything. And then he told me later that somebody said, oh, what's your dog in training for? Fighting? And then oh. if I was there, if I was there, I would have said, what are you in training for? Being a jackass? I have cancer, you asshole. <laughs> that would have really fucked so, them up. So that would have been, that been such a good one. I know. So if anybody tries to come at my dog, I'm gonna be like, "You, I have cancer, yeah. you jackass." Because <laughs> like in my mind, even though I'm like I've been uh, NED, no evidence of disease, like I still yeah. feel like I'm a cancer patient because of all the shit that you have to go through after yeah. the fact. Like you still, there's constant right. doctor checkups and there's like constant things that you feel like you can't do, and mm. you know, yeah, yeah. Well, you're still dealing with all the side effects and everything. It doesn't yeah. just like stop. So yeah. yeah. And we get to pull the cancer card like the rest of our lives. So <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It hasn't happened to me yet, I don't think. But um Well let it keep I us probably... when, when you know. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been a, a really good scenario. So if anybody tries to call my really dog know. again, <laughs> yeah. I will definitely say that to them. Just to make just to make them feel bad. Just to really make yeah. them feel like a jackass. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and then my other question that I like to ask is like, what's one thing you would tell someone if they were like just diagnosed and about to go through everything? <sighs> um, I would say just be real. Don't feel like you have to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. Don't feel yeah. like you can't ask for help don't Mm. push yourself um focus on you take the time that you need um I mean yeah and just make sure that the people that are are in your life are there for the right reasons and Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna get through it and that's that's it it's it's hard it's shitty but yeah what really helped me was seeing when I went to the chemo, uh, to the immunization, like the chemo place, I yeah. forgot what they call it, um, to see all the other cancer patients there. Because I, I feel like it's really easy to feel like you're alone and you're the only one right. going through cancer, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. It can be very isolating. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
I love that. that that's great. Yeah. yeah. I think those are all really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Well, okay, great. Well, Sam, where can people find you? Um, if they want to follow you, contact you, is there a place they can find you? Yes. I'm active on Instagram. So it's at Samantha Haley, H-A-I-L-E-Y artistry. Okay. And yeah, if you want to reach out, spill some tea, talk yeah. some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm there. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay, amazing. And I'll put that in the episode description as well. Um, okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Sam. This was wonderful. I'm so happy you could join me. No, thank you. I'm super happy I could be here and just speak my truth and speak yeah. some realness into the situation. Yeah. Thank you so much for being transparent and open. Um, yeah, it really means a lot. So thank you. Thanks. Okay. Keep in touch. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually go through. Each week, myself, Paige Gill, and my co-host, Madison Pollock, sit down with fellow cancer survivors to tell our stories. Keep up to date with our guests and new episodes on our Facebook and Instagram pages, Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast, and tune in every Monday to hear our stories. 